listening to Podcasting the Arts Numbers, Income, Cash. The title of the podcast, Panic, speaks to the emotion that many artists feel when thinking about finances. Ironically, Panic wants to help. Panic is a series of podcasts and a website free of cost that hosts tips, templates, and insights for artists about financial literacy. Leave the panic to us. I'm Michaela. And I'm Nina. Welcome to our second episode of Panic, where we're going to take a look into debt and savings. Hopefully, this episode will help you plan towards reducing your debt and maximizing your savings. Today, we have a special guest joining us, Chris Enns, founder of Rags to Reasonable, which offers free resources, DIY tools, and one-on-one financial coaching for artists. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us today, Chris. What do you think our listeners should know about you? I think I always feel like the most important thing for people to know about me is that <clears throat> my background is not being like amazing with money from when I started. My brain does not think in spreadsheets. I followed the tried and true panic method. Really, mine was about ignoring, ignoring money as passionately and as strongly as I could for as long as I could. My background is in opera, even though I do financial planning now. And um, it really was this story of thinking, Everybody else understood this stuff. I was the only one who didn't understand it. And I didn't want to say anything because I just thought I would look stupid. And so I just was continuing, leaving the room when it came up and assumed that I would figure it out when I started to make money. And I didn't really. (laughs) So I got into a bunch of trouble. I got into a bunch of tax debt and I tanked my credit and a bunch of other fun stories until I finally started to take a look at this part of my life and try to figure out like how... Can I reconcile money? I'm not going to be able to avoid it. How do I make it part of who I am? How do I make it another way that I speak in the world? And how do I kind of reconcile it with how I think about, you know, the work and and things that I do so that the plan can't be, I change everything about who I am to become good at my money. So how can we meet halfway in between? I love that. Thanks so much, Chris. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to not really knowing what we're doing when we're starting out. So before we begin with our financial questions, we like to ask each of our guests a question just to get to know their personality a little bit better. So can you, Chris, tell me if you could pick one classical music composer and a modern day artist to collaborate, who would they be and why? This is going to be the hardest question of the day. You know, I've always been a huge fan of English opera. So like when I was doing a lot of opera, it was like Benjamin Britten was a real favorite. He was one of the first people that I really fell in love with their music. It's so deliberate, so specific. As far as modern, it's hard because the thing that I listen to the most, because I'm a big nerd, is musical theater. So it's like now I'm thinking about melding classical and musical theater composers, but that's not that far away and it's close. So like, what if we like melded Britten and Lin-Manuel, Miranda? We got something going on there, right? Maybe. I'll go with that because I don't know what they're going to write about, but I'll listen to it. That's awesome. Thanks. And now we'll go back to a regularly scheduled programming. I'm sure we would all like to hear more about how we can reduce our debt and increase our savings. When you became a financial planner a few years ago, you probably acquired a lot of knowledge and practices. What kind of spending and saving habits did you change, if any? Because things change so slowly over time, right? And like then change, things change again. And that's one of the things that I, I think is really important that we talk about when we talk about finances is that it's not a problem to be solved. I think often when we talk about money, we think about it in terms of like, I just need to figure out my money and then I'll be done. But that's not what this is. And so I think that reframing the work to make 
finance is actually less of a problem to solve, less of a math thing, and more of a craft to build is a really important distinction, especially for those of us that are creative and artists, because we understand craft. We understand the time that it takes, and we also understand that it changes all the time, and it changes with you as what you want changes, as who you are changes, as your life changes. And so, you know, things change and then things change back. But one thing that I think that I'm constantly trying to get better at, and, you know, as I talk to more people and get more feedback, because it's such a learning process as well when you're any kind of a teacher, and that's kind of a teacher and guide is how I see the role as a planner. You're hearing from people all the time, and you're relearning and re kind of figuring out what the best way is, is that to try to be as intentional as possible. So when I, before I, when money was really a stress point for me, it just disappeared. I didn't really know where it went. It's that feeling at the end of the year where you're like, I made how much and where did it go? So both with savings and spending to try to challenge myself all the time with being as intentional as possible and trying to make money in spending a way that I speak in the world and connected to what I think is important and how I want to use it, using it on purpose, and for savings, practically, steering away from this idea of a generic pot of savings. I have savings. What, what, what is that? Like, what, what, what are we talking about? I think that we have this idea in finance a lot that people that are good at saving are good with money and people that aren't aren't good at money. But there are two skills here. Saving and spending. Some people are great spenders. And savers need to learn from them so that they can have like some motion in their money. And some people are good savers and spenders need to learn from them. It's a yin and yang situation. And so one thing I also wanted to toss out, because I, I think about this a lot, for those of you that don't connect to the idea of saving, you're like, look, you know, either life's too short or savings never happen or like, why do I, why can't I even think about this? Allow me to offer this reframe for the word saving. Savings don't exist. All money is meant to be spent it's just a matter of when. So some money is meant to be spent now, some money is for next month, some money is for next year, some money is for the day that you want to purchase a new car, some money is for when you're 70 years old and you don't know if you'll be able to work anymore, and some money is for your kids or your nephews and nieces 120 years from now. But it's all meant to be spent. And so the more that I can try to literally not have um, generic savings accounts, but have nicknamed savings accounts in my in, in, and multiple savings accounts that reflect my kind of goals and the things that I'm working towards, the more it can remind me that like, this is what this money is supposed to be for. I can change it. But constantly coming back to that question, I found really, really helpful in terms of trying to make decisions. Because when you have this generic pot, you can't make decisions around it. What's it? It's kind of for this, it's kind of for this, and you spend it eight times, but you can't really let yourself spend it. It's really hard to actually make money move that way. So that's something I think about a lot in terms of trying to find ways to both spend and save as intentionally as possible. Thank you for that in-depth answer, Chris. I definitely think intention is something we all need in our lives in many different ways. So what advice do you have for those of us who want to be paying back some loans, but at the same time, we're juggling monthly bills and we're hopefully saving up for the future? How do you strike that balance between debt that you've built up in the past, your present situation, and what you want your future to look like? Yeah, so it's a really good question, especially like in one way when we talk about debt and savings, especially paying off debt or saving, we're talking about the same um, 
motion. We're talking about the, the fruition of the same technique. That's a really flowery, annoying way to say it. But what I mean by that is here is the amount that we need to run our lives currently here. Here is what is extra over top of that that we can either use to pay off debt or we can use it to save or we can use it to do whatever we want, but like over and above this. So first, I think it's really important to try to be as clear as we can with ourselves to be like, what do I need to run my life right now? And what is actually extra? Because something that's easy to do is to say, well, I paid my rent and I have enough money for food. So therefore, the money that's left here is available for me to put into a long-term savings thing or to put into onto my credit card to pay down that debt. But then something comes up next month. Oh no, there's like... Um, you know, a big family thing that you need to travel to see or like uh, uh, something you have to travel with or like a business thing like, oh, shoot, I was going to do three lessons with my teacher or something. And where does that money come from? And all of a sudden, more than likely, it ends up on the credit card. And, and what I see so much is that so many of us get caught in these cycles, right? Like we have debt to pay off. We work really hard. We get a lump sum. We put a big chunk onto the credit card. And then we have to use the credit card again and that balance goes up and down again. And this cycle can be so demoralizing. So the way you can stop that is to really think about, and, and it's the same thing with savings. I saved $2,000. Oh shoot, I need a little bit and I need a little bit more and I need a little bit more. And then you get to beat yourself up for using savings that were supposed to be for something else, but when it was never really extra. So one thing I think about a lot when I think about paying off debt is the idea of step one is not the balance. It's building debt resiliency. So allow me a terrible metaphor. If you were to come down into your basement and there's like a foot of water in the basement, but there's also like a guy in the window with a hose filling up your basement, you don't grab a bucket and start bailing it out. You chase down the person with the hose, make that stop first, and then go bail out your basement. So in the terms of debt, it's saying, where did this debt come from? So Sometimes if you're just starting out or like if you're coming to school, it might be student debt. Student debt comes from going to school. It's a little bit, you know, there's not a lot of resiliency to build up there. But you are coming into the self-employed world. And three things, three sources of debt that I see a lot are, one, annual kind of like spending things. So things that don't happen every month, but happen sometimes. This idea of like clothes, gifts, annual credit card fees, um, you know, car maintenance, if you have a car, like those type of expenses that come up during the year. Business stuff, like whether it's like audition season, lessons, that stuff, that can often end up in debt. So making sure first, before using that surplus, we save up for the things we know are coming so that we can cover that without using debt or savings that are extra. Two, the second thing I see is variable income is hard. When your income isn't the same every month, sometimes you head into, like for opera, it was always this summer. Gigs dried up, income isn't really coming in, so you have these two months at least <clears throat> that are really hard to support yourself. So where's the money coming from that? So building a buffer of, an ex of a couple of months of expenses so you can say, instead of pulling on um, uh, you know, a line of credit or a credit card, I have this saving for that, so I'm avoiding, I'm becoming debt resilient towards that. And the third one I see a lot for self-employed people is tax debt. So for those of us that are self-employed, we are responsible for collecting our own taxes. They don't come off our check all the time, So, which is really stressful because you get the whole amount and you've got bills to pay and it can feel like I have this money. 
what's a really good habit, especially if you're just starting out, you're not really pay- making a lot, there's not a lot to work about taxes, but get used to the habit of money comes in, I take something and I put into a separate savings account that is nicknamed taxes, that is for the government. At the beginning, it can literally be a dollar. It doesn't matter what the number is, build the habit first and then you can increase it later. But kind of building all of these habits to say, how do I put money aside for annual savings and things that happen during the year that's not all the time? Um, How do I uh, make sure I'm saving a buffer? So kind of putting money aside for low income times. And then how do I make sure I'm putting aside money for tax? Those are some things that you can really think about to prevent more debt and then money that's extra can go towards debt, but it's one way. You're paying off things for the last time versus having that rush, rush, the the relief of putting like a big dent onto a debt, but then having to use a different kind of debt to cover it. Thank you. That was really helpful. I like that metaphor a lot um, of the water. It was quite the image. And I also really liked what you said about setting goals Um, But what are some common mistakes you see when artists are trying to plan financially? Although we know that like each artist's situation is different, would you be able to give some steps that would be just good to implement if you're just starting to plan out your finances in any situation? Yeah. So what I really like to do, I I like to think about this idea of building financial technique and thinking about fundamentals. So like for me in singing, that was always like we work on breathing all the time. So like what what are the equivalents of that in your finances, things you can come back to, whether you're like 20 years into this or whether you're really just starting. So the thing that one of the big things I feel like I see a lot for artists is this idea that we take ourselves out of the equation when it comes to our money. Money lives over here. The rest of us are here. And so our questions don't matter, our goals don't really matter. We feel like we need to fit into a box that exists over here, which is I need to hit these milestones, somebody else's milestones, I need to have a house by this age, I need to have this amount in my bank account, I'm supposed to be able to do this. And so there's all this friction. What you want really matters. So the first big fundamental for me is what is your money for right now? So really thinking, sitting down and thinking like, and that can be communicated in one of two ways, either through the language of goals. It can be like, look, I'm trying to pay off debt. I'm trying to, um, you know, save up for a summer program. I'm trying to any of these things. Or it can be like, my money is for career first or success or family or health or some of these things that are a little bit broader, but still give you a really great focal point for what financial success is for you. Really important that you have an idea of what you're trying to do before you start to apply different lenses to it. And I think that's one of the big things. We don't take the time to just think about that. And so then immediately, it's like opening your mouth and starting to sing when you don't have a purpose for it, right? Or like writing a piece or or playing. It's like intention means everything. Otherwise, everything is just boring technique. So that's the first thing. The second thing to really think about is what do you need? Expenses is really the piece of information that can give us so much power. If you like Google how to make a budget, it'll be like, oh, take your annual, uh, you know, your income divided by 12, and then it it just doesn't apply. It's already stressful. (laughs) So what we can do as artists and variable income earners or multiple income earners, if you've got a bunch of jobs, is really spend some time trying to figure out what you need. 
and um, buy that just like what are my bills what happens every month like food and like those annual things what happens every year how do I kind of flesh that out if uh, there's a couple of worksheets on my site regs to reasonable if people want a bit of guidance around some of those things but really trying to become more aware that doesn't mean necessarily tracking every dollar but can it can be as simple as just when you spend money saying to yourself I just spent $80 on groceries that's interesting not terrible not I'm a bad person for spending the money which is meant to be spent but just a piece of information that is good for me to have so building that awareness then what you can start doing is saying how do I balance that out a little bit so like if my need is X number of dollars a month, where is that coming from? So what's reasonable there? So what do I know about my income? And starting to just kind of like say, okay, I could make this amount from this source, this amount from this source. That means I have to make an extra $800 a month. Just trying to practice that a little bit. And especially when you're starting out, I refer back to what I said in the first thing. Just practice these things. It's a technique. It's not going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. There's such a strong feeling of judgment and shame in finances. It's like if you make any mistakes, you failed. Um, you can't make mistakes because it's life or death. Well, you are going to make mistakes. So you might as well just let it, like, give yourself permission for that. I really like the idea of trying to bring more curiosity and play into this process in the same way as when I'm in the practice room, that's what equals a good session versus when I'm like flogging myself for not getting a note right. <laughs> so really thinking about what can I just practice? Practice saving. So practice putting a dollar aside for a goal that's really important every month. It's not, this isn't a trick. You're not going to end up with tens of money. You're going to end up with $12 at the end of the year. But you're practicing thinking into the future. What money do I not need right now and what could I need it for in the future? More money amplifies current behavior. Your behavior won't change when more money comes in. The things you're doing right now will just get more expensive. So if you can lay kind of a groundwork for things you wanna do now, have a savings account for it. Even if money's not going there so that when you get like a $10,000 gig one month, you can say, ha ha, I have a place already to remind me what I was thinking of before and it doesn't just become a dinner is going to be really fun for the next two weeks and then, you know, less. So practicing little things, practicing habits and not worrying too much about the balance of numbers um, and that overallness of being like, what are you trying to build? What are you trying to do? What do you want to do? And how can money help you do that? And what are the tools that will fit into that? So we're always reverse engineering and saying, what's the tool that fits the want versus here's a bunch of tools I should be using all of them to be a financially responsible human otherwise I've failed so therefore how should I use them <laughs> which is a more stressful way to kind of attack it. Well I really love the comparison to practicing especially as a musician myself that everything you said resonated with me and I'm sure all artists can just try to think more of their finances as like their art like you were saying and I think that that's so helpful and makes a lot of sense to us. So our last question today actually comes from one of our listeners. Uh, Hannah Wayne Phillips has, asks, how can I save for retirement as a freelancer without a pension? It's a great question. It's a big question, right? But I think what I would say to that within the context of what we're talking about is that retirement seems like one of those, again, one of those big financial things that is just like, <laughs> just huge and the idea of like oh but other people have a pension and I know that that's something that makes it easier 
it comes back to the same fundamentals. So this idea of how do I get through the summer if I'm not working during the summer is the same as how do I get through the last 30 years of my life when I'm not sure if I'm going to be working and the health problems kind of come out. It's a variable income problem. So the problem, if you're solving and practicing solving it on a short term, it's the same general problem on a long term. So what's really important is to go return to those fundamentals. It's like, what is retirement to you? It's different to a lot of people. And I think for a lot of artists that I talk to, they don't really uh, relate to this idea of at 65, I clock out and I never do my thing again. But they love the idea of being able to be free to do the work that they want to do. They love the idea of being able to kind of like free to, you know, step back or, or, or do interesting projects for, without money or these kind of things. Um, some people may want to do a lot of traveling. They might have family goals. So like that so connects to what you will need. Next question. What do I want? What do I need? Okay, so what does that mean in terms of numbers? Because somebody might need a million dollars to retire. Some people might need a lot less. Everybody's so different. So the more you can figure out what you need, even when you're 40 years away, what you need now, you can start imagining, well, what might change with this? Or what might change with this in the future? That really helps. And then what you can do is you can start saying, okay, if I need $40,000 a year to retire, where could that come from? So there's some government things, things like something called Canada Pension Plan, which we all pay into as working people, and that can provide a bit of a benefit. There's a benefit called Old Age Security, which provides a little bit of a benefit. Not enough to cover everything, but it's there's some there's some money kind of that will probably be in the pot. And then what's left over, that's the problem we have to solve. But instead of feeling like it is not impossible to save for retirement without a pension. Lots of people that are working in lots of jobs, pensions are becoming rarer and rarer, um, don't have pensions. And so it's a matter of saying, okay, I need to try to get to this amount of money. And this is something that financial planners do a little bit. But on the ground, the more you can know about your intention and your needs and what that looks like, the more you're going to be able to get a good answer for this. And then practice saving. Practicing saving a dollar, practicing saving amount, practicing figuring out what you need for now and what surplus will help you figure out what money is available for retirement. And then eventually you can start conversations about where should that go. You can talk about things like tax-free savings accounts and registered retire RRSPs and things that we will not get into today because I think we'll just go down a whole rabbit hole and, well, I'll be talking for another hour. But the fundamentals are the fundamentals, whether you're working on retirement or whether you're just working on trying to get through this week. Want, need, balance. Surplus, practice these habits. That's working towards it. And then you'll just keep on folding in new information as you go. And then more tools and more kind of complexity in the same way as we do as artists. You start with the fundamentals. You keep returning to them, but you can do more on top of it. You can play more. You can express more, more clearly. Your kind of repertoire grows. So um, start with the fundamentals. Know that it's possible. But um, the, more, the better you get at that, the better you'll be able to kind of attack that problem. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your advice, Chris. I loved hearing about your insights today, and I think it will be really helpful for our listeners. Find out more of what Chris can offer at ragstoreasonable.com, which will be linked in the description and our website also.
And if you ever want to refer back to this episode, don't worry, we have all our transcripts available on our website, artspanicpodcast.com, which will also include tips and templates for your financial planning needs. So don't forget to join us for our next episode, where we will be talking to our special guest, Tova F. on personal income taxes. Mm-hmm.